0: Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show Matt Arnold sitting in for Jesse and I'm just delighted to have Matt here because we're going to talk about a topic that's very powerful about the hidden power of forgiveness Matt thanks for joining us again today
1: happy feast day
0: happy feast day of the assumption the Mary and yes we had uh, we have one two three three masses here at the Sacred Heart Chapel and uh, boy it was well attended so thanks be to God and our Blessed Mother We'll talk a little bit about that. A
1: reminder to our listeners if you haven't been to Mass today, it is a holy day of obligation. Certainly is. You have to to make that evening Mass if you you missed it this morning.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for giving that tip. All right. We're going to be talking about forgiveness. Uh, But before we get into the show, and I just want to remind everybody yesterday I mentioned also the September 1st, 2nd event with Bishop Strickland in Tyler, Texas. Uh, I'm going to tell you to go to LifeSite News right now. They have a link there for registering for the event. We have it on our app at this time. We're running into a little difficulty right now on our website, so people that are frustrated, they can't get in, just give us a little time or go to LifeSite News, and you can register for the event there. Uh, Matt, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, that's it. I, I will just I was just uh, patting you on the back. Yeah, I
0: wanted to get <laughs> the need-to-know file. I was really blown away by this uh, story, and i tell you why anything that deals with pro-life I'm on it because we need to stand up for the unborn. Uh, Here's a story. Potential jurors in a D.C. trial of pro-lifers, they admit to being Planned Parenthood donors and abortion activists. So you've got these people who are for killing unborn babies, and they're going to be supposedly objective and neutral in a trial with an abortion issue. I I mean, can you believe that? Yes, that's going on. And, Matthew, I really am impressed. I've been talking about this over the years about the Safe Haven baby box. And you know, all over the country, uh, they put these boxes at fire stations. Indiana has been doing this for years. And the fourth newborn baby was saved just recently. Uh, the mother knew that the baby would be loved immeasurably by the birth mother. Uh, so that's just who placed her baby knowing that the infant, the infant her child, would be cared uh, quickly. Uh, There are more than 100 of these boxes in Indiana. They've saved lots of lives. And I wanted to just give them a plug because their website is National Safe Haven Alliance. So website, nationalsafehavenalliance.com. And you can check that out wherever you are because I think they're doing marvelous work. Matthew, you mentioned earlier, just when we started, about the Assumption of the Blessed Mother. It wasn't until 1950 when it was promulgated by the Holy Father. So I'd like to ask you to read the Gospel. Today is Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 56. And then let's talk a little bit about what was going on there.
1: All right. um, Quick comment before we hit the Gospel, um, that you mentioned that it was dogmatized. It became a dogma in 1950. Yes. assumption. But it was always a doctrine. It was always the teaching of the church. Absolutely. And this reading that I'm going to read was part of the liturgy for many centuries before um, Pius XII got around to proclaiming the uh, fourth Marian dogma. Or, uh, you know, not Pius. Yeah. Yes. Pius XII, well, yeah. There you go. Just wanted wanted to talk. Yeah,
0: as a matter of fact, um, well, let's get to the gospel, and then I wanted to mention something about that after. Let's, uh, the gospel of Luke. Matt, if you could read that, that'd be grand.
1: All right. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, Mm -hmm. where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who have believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Thus far the words of the Holy Gospel. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: You know, Matthew, the feast that has been celebrated, in the, as you were kind of alluding to, in the Eastern Church, in the Eastern Rite of the Church, since the 6th century, and in Rome since the 7th century. So, as you said, it's just been going on for a long time. Now, in Mm. 1950, Pope Pius XII solemnly defined the dogma of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. At the end of her earthly life, she was assumed body and soul into heaven. And I like this part. This, Matthew, as you know, is part of the deposit of faith received from the apostles. I think that's important to
1: point out. Amen. Well, and that's the thing. It goes all the way back to the Bible, and... and, uh, I know we've only got a few minutes left in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try a massive. Uh, biblical. Take exodus. your time. Take your time. Go for it. Well, it's about Mary being the Ark of the Covenant. That's right. where it ends. That's why this gospel is read on this feast. Mm-hmm. Now, you remember the, the Indiana Jones movie, right? Yeah. The Ark of, of the Covenant and gold box with the two angels on top. Book of Exodus tells us that inside the Ark, the chosen people carried some very special things. Mm-hmm. So the tablets of the Ten Commandments representing the word of God. The rod of Aaron, which was a symbol of the high priesthood, and a jar of the manna, the miraculous bread from heaven uh, with which God fed the chosen people in the desert. Mm -hmm. Well, Luke reveals Mary as the New Testament fulfillment of the Old Testament ark because she carried Jesus within her womb. Amen. And Jesus is the New Testament fulfillment of all the things that were in the ark of the covenant. He is the true word of God, the word made flesh, as John says in his gospel. He is, as it says in the book of Hebrews, our true high priest. And John 6 says that he's the true bread from heaven. So also, this circumstance of the visitation is a parallel with David's experience with the Ark of the Covenant in Second Samuel chapter 6. Well, you're doing good. I like this. <laughs> so yep. uh, in 2 Samuel 6, it says, David arose and went to a city in Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God. Mm-hmm. Luke 1, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a city of Judah. Yep. David said, how can the Ark of the Lord come to me? Elizabeth said, how does it happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? <laughs> uh, in, in 2 Samuel, David took the ark aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, and the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. Yep. And in Luke, Mary entered the house of Zechariah, and Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months. 2 Samuel 6, David brought the ark of God to the city of David with rejoicing. Mary says, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And we don't even have time to get into the the Magnificat. Wow. Uh, But to finish this, 2 Samuel 6, David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting. And it says, Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice. And, of course, um, 2 Samuel tells us that David leapt with joy before the ark. And Elizabeth tells Mary that at the sound of her greeting, the baby leapt for joy in her womb. So it's very clear that St. Luke expects his readers to recognize this and to understand Mary as the New Testament right. fulfillment of the Old Testament Ark of the Covenant. What does that have to do with the assumption? Mm-hmm. Well, you may know uh, that there was a, it's not in the scripture, but there was a Jewish tradition that the Ark of the Covenant was assumed into heaven. Right. And when we turn to the book of Revelation, St. John in 11, uh, Revelation 11:19 says, God's temple in heaven was opened and the Ark of the Covenant could be seen in the temple. Yeah. But when he describes the Ark of the Covenant, and then the next verse, it's, it's not a fancy gold box. Yeah. He says, it's a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head, a crown of 12 stars. It's Mary. It's the Ark of the New Covenant. And notice it says that the New Covenant, the woman was there bodily. I mean, obviously, she's got feet and a head. Oh, and yeah. She's got body, right? Yep. But how do we know for sure that it's Mary? Well, John tells us that, quote, she gave birth to a son, a male child, destined to rule all the nations, and that her son was caught up to God and to his throne. And then later in verse 17, uh, he identifies the rest of her offspring, quote, those who keep God's commandments and bear witness to Jesus. Yeah. So uh, that's us, by the way. You got it. (laughs) According to Revelation, Mary... Ark of the True Covenant, is in heaven with her glorified body, just like Jesus is. Hence, the assumption goes all the way back to the New Testament.
0: You did it, Matt. That was a great (laughs) catechesis. I really think people should hear that. Maybe we can put that on YouTube because it was very well done. I want to mention now, let's bring in the smartest guy into the room, Fulton Sheen. Oh, can't get him on that train. Well, Full feet ahead. All right. This is tied into our theme on forgiveness. This is called spiritual profit the greatest spiritual profit comes from loving those who hate us what and from giving gifts and dinners to those who cannot give anything in return for then recompense will be made in the kingdom of heaven and i think we have to keep that in mind because when we come back from the break we're going to be talking about that hidden power of forgiveness many times the people we forgive might not even well they they still might be in their wickedness, right? Probably, hmm. maybe, but that is not, not
1: going our to, forgiveness. Pardon me? They might not want our forgiveness.
0: Exactly, that's okay. We do it because it's the right thing to do. We're going to come back and talk about the benefits of forgiveness biblically and on the natural level, too. Stay with us. This is the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold sitting in, or Jess Romero. Jess will be back tomorrow. Both Matt Arnold and Terry Barber, we're both blessed by the best. Stay with us, family. I think when you come back, you're going to be inspired to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ because we're going to imitate what he said in the Our Father. Talk about the power of forgiveness and much more. Stay with us, family. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back indeed. Terry and uh, Matt Arnold filling in for Jesse Romero. This story illustrates the power of forgiveness in a very powerful way. It was a drunk driver who killed four children. He converged to Catholicism after what? Matt Arnold catechized him? Nope. Sorry, Matt. Wasn't that. After someone paid him to become a cat? Nope. Wasn't that. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It was because... The family of the children that were killed by that drunk driver forgave him. So here's the story, Matt. It's a powerful story. A man, like you say, struck the... killed four children with his vehicle while driving on the influence of of lots of uh, alcohol and drugs. He lost control of the vehicle, struck a group of seven children, killing four and injuring three. And this is at the Australia ABC News Report. The children uh, killed were siblings, so it was brothers, right Davison, the man who did the act of drunk driving, was sentenced to twenty eight years in prison upon the appeal. The sentence was reduced to twenty years with the possibility of parole after fifteen years. Now, he was questioned by reporters on the scene she he expressed that she couldn't asking the person why you know don't you hate this person who killed your kids? No, I couldn't. She said, I, I know I needed to forgive that person. I know the guy that was drink drinking and driving on the streets, but I can't hate him. I don't want to see him. I don't hate him. I think in my heart I forgive him, but I want the court to be fair. And I think that's a balanced thing because mm-hmm. you forgive the person, but the person should pay the price for the action.
1: Right. Yeah. To, to forgive somebody doesn't mean to excuse what they did. Right. Or, or to, to uh, you know, suggest that they don't need to—they're to, not responsible for what they did. They don't need to pay the penalty for it. All of that still applies. All the, all the rules of justice right. uh, are, are still active. But, yeah, the idea, though, is that you do—you forgive the person yeah. for doing it. And, and forgiveness is such a big topic, and it's so important, and it's such a, an important part of the Christian faith, oh, yeah. Catholic faith. You know, our Lord doesn't say you should think about forgiving sometimes (laughs) or forgive when it's easy or forgive when when the person's really sorry or, you know, whatever. No, he says, he says, you know, you you have to forgive. You mentioned the Our Father. That's right. And we every every day we pray uh, asking our Lord to forgive us the way that we forgive others. Yep. And so, I mean, that that if if anything is a call for you to examine the way that you practice forgiveness, it must be that you are calling upon Almighty God to treat you the way you treat other people in that regard
0: well well no? said Matt. well said, and you know a Maronite priest who heard this gentleman's confession uh it you know uh was was really moved by this man's um wanting to get reconciled, and I think that you know there's nothing we can do that cannot be forgiven with repentance.
1: Right, that's right. And
0: I think people need to know that. Now, uh, why, Matt, this is a question I ask you. Why is it so easy to hold a grudge? Can we go into original sin? Can we talk a little bit about why (laughs) this is so easy for us to say, I'm not going to forgive that person. She hurt me. He hurt
1: hurt me. That's right. Well, it's, you know, it's um, part of our fallen nature, right, to be concupiscent. Of course. course, And you know it, it it is also you understand forgiveness yes it's not a feeling no it's a decision that's it's true. an act of the will amen and that's why you know you don't you, i mean as far as your emotions are concerned and remember that emotions with all due respect to our emotions which are a very important part of our life they're an important part of our relationships sure. including our relationship with god but they are part of our physical nature and not our spiritual nature amen and, and the fact is easily proven by how quickly alcohol or, or drugs can change those emotions, right? Yep. Uh, they're, they're, very, they're very volatile, or they can be, unless you have uh, some mastery, some self-mastery, unless you have some control over your emotions, they will get the better of you. Yeah. And so even though, um, you know, St. John Paul II put it really well, I think. He said that, um, he said that forgiveness is the restoration of freedom to yourself. Exactly. He says that that in forgiveness, you hold the key to your own jail cell, your own prison cell in your hand.
0: And that's where I was going to go. It's funny you mentioned that because what are the effects of holding a grudge? And number one bullet is bring anger and bitterness into new relationships and other experiences. Okay,
1: that's right. Yeah.
0: Number two, become so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't even enjoy the present moment. That happens. Number three. Become depressed, irritable, and anxious. I've seen that they can't forgive, and life is miserable. Number four, feel at odds with your spiritual beliefs. I just had a phone call from one of our listeners this morning. It's funny that not funny, ironic that they had that question. They're they're going to have lunch with their relative, friend, and um, they need to be. There's some reconciliation that needs to go. How do I do it? You know, it's he. It's tough. The last one. And I'll let you comment on that. That lose valuable, enriching connections with others. It seems to me, Matt, uh, people who can't forgive have difficulty even having relationships with other people.
1: That's right. That's right. It, 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 uh, it, it paralyzes you. First off, yeah, it paralyzes Well put. Ephesians 4.27, it says, uh, St. Paul, do not give room to the devil. Right. I mean, that's number one. Don't, don't give him a chance. Right. And when, yes. and when you refuse to forgive, you give the devil an opportunity to work on you. Right. Right. Because yeah. you're not being obedient to the very manifest will of God. Yeah. Um. Matthew 18:34. Jesus talks about being handed over to the torturers and we and we, uh, you know, until you've paid the full price. Right. And that's that's an allusion to purgatory. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's typically understood in that way. That's but right. it also I mean, we something similar happens when we fail to forgive and it's all the things that you mentioned the the, the torturers in this case yeah. that you were handing yourself over to it's fear yeah. and loneliness and depression and mm-hmm. and frustration and anxiety and even self-loathing you know hating those other people can can uh, bring you to to hate yourself yeah and and you know and and that's something else too that you know that, that we have to forgive ourselves yeah. that's right you know i i i've done some some things that are you know pretty serious but when you go to confession you have to be able to let yourself off uh the hook, not to let yourself off the hook on, on your responsibility to make things right, but, but to forgive yourself, to understand and accept God's forgiveness. Yeah. You know, that, that's a huge obstacle for a lot of people, I'm sorry to say. And, you know, and that's the thing, you cut yourself, when you refuse to forgive, you cut yourself off from receiving forgiveness. Well said. Well, and said. healing and prayer, and it's all over. You know, you read Matthew That's right. chapter six, or you look at the book of Sirach in chapter yep. twenty-eight. There's a lot of great uh, biblical references for this, but you wind up. Father Al Lauer said that you wind up spiritually anorexic.
0: That's a good way <laughs> of saying it.
1: Yeah, because because you know you can't fully embrace you know your your liturgical and your prayer life and all the rest of it because of that obstacle.
0: That's right. And Matt, I know I've given this story on forgiveness in my own life, and it was not easy, but I'll share it again because it makes the point. I had a brother, younger brother, who died of brain cancer, and he had a business going. And when he got sick, many people took advantage of the ship going down because he couldn't (laughs) run it. And the gentleman, uh, his vice president of the company, took $10,000 from the bank account illegally and ran off. When my brother was dying of cancer so kind of a low blow literally okay now a year later i was volunteering down in downtown los angeles at skid row spring street and fourth i believe and Mm. we're handing out lunches and who do i run into that gentleman who stole ten thousand dollars from my brother and i looked at him and my, I, it was the grace. I hugged him and I said, I, I, I forgive you for, you for what you did to my brother because he he gave me an impression like he was scared, you know, because he was down out and he, he saw who I was and he just didn't uh, – uh, right,
1: uh, like uh, Jacob uh, and Esau, right? Yeah, there
0: you go. There, there, And so when I forgave him, I believe it really helped me more than it helped him. And uh, that story is, is not anything more than I believe that the grace – by going to the sacraments often, praying often, that um, they have the old saying: "The way the tree bends is the way it falls." So, mm-hmm. if you're practicing forgiveness in your life when you have to do it, it's easier to do it because you're constantly saying that Our Father prayer and thinking, "I got to forgive, I trespass." Okay, I got it. And so, uh, that story to me just illustrates how God's grace can work in a person. And uh, I would encourage anyone right now listening. That if you have a relative or a friend who you haven't forgiven, mm-hmm. take this show because when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how to move forward in, that, in, the, in the forgiveness part because it's important how uh, you are releasing a graces in your life by asking forgiveness because you're imitating what our Lord did on the cross. That's right. When he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt, that sticks in my brain to say, wait a minute, St. Paul says we're supposed to be you know, imitating Jesus Christ, imitating me because I'm an imitator of Christ. Well, we really can't live, be honest with you, the Catholic faith without being able to forgive our neighbor because if let's think about this. The Bible makes it clear. If we don't forgive, God's not going to forgive us. And so, how many of us are perfect and pure, as the book of Revelation says, to get to heaven? <laughs> yeah. Not too many last time I looked.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're absolutely right. By the way, I'm, I'm looking at you over your shoulder there at that uh, image. Yes. Of, uh, and Fulton Sheen was someone who um, very often, I mean, he talked about forgiveness, as, right. as you would expect. And he also talked a lot about confession and absolution. Yes. <laughs> that we need not only to, to forgive, but to be forgiven. And uh, I just, I'm going to take this as an opportunity. Good, go for it. To, to mention that uh, this October the 14th, you oh, and I and right. uh, Doctor Oh Howard, yeah, Doctor Howard, uh, are are going to be speaking here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. We're going to have a day long event. That's right. A day with Fulton and Sheen. Come on and join us. Yeah, absolutely. You can save the date. Actually, I believe if you go on the website and click on the um, I think it's it's still like a save the date thing. It has the yeah. date? up. If you click on that, you can actually register. Yeah. It's
0: the 14th of October, so you got a little time. But I would encourage you to do it quickly uh, so that you have it down on your calendar. You won't want to miss it because, again, we're going to talk about things like, well, what's going on with the beatification of Fulton Sheen? Where are we at on that? Tens of thousands of lay people, like our listeners, have signed a petition saying to the Holy See, "What's you know what, what this guy's a a model for us i mean look we were reading we listened to him what's going on with this and then we're going to take a a section on the blessed mother that dr howard did from a book called the world's first love classic book on on the blessed mother and he's going to give a teaching that was what he did his dissertation on fulton sheen so on the blessed mother matthew matthew tell us what you're going to talk about on the aspect of Fulton Sheen?
1: Well, I'm going to be talking about uh, discovering Bishop Sheen as a convert. You know, I mean, everybody knows the name Bishop Sheen. He was sure. part of our, part of culture. You know, uh, although I was I was I'm a little a little too young to have experienced his program for myself, but I but I've encountered it via YouTube, and of course, you shortly after my conversion gave me absolutely worth living, and it changed my life.
0: When we come back, we're going to talk more about the power of forgiveness and how to uh, move forward with the, you know, when we have when we forgive and recognize the value of forgiveness and how to improve your life. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show with Matt and Terry Barber. We'll be right back. Welcome back, indeed, to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess. Before I get into this issue of forgiveness and the benefits of it, I just want to remind everybody, if you just tuned in, that Bishop Joseph Strickland will be at a conference we are sponsoring in Tyler, Texas, September 1st and 2nd. Um, You can go to LifeSite News and see the article about it. And click on there and and, and uh, register, or you can go to our app and still register at vmpr.org. Uh, the website we don't have it set up just yet,
1: but well, yeah, we're having actually it's a it's a problem with our with our the server. There's right. the people that providing the our, our web service right. are are they're having an issue, so we're having an issue. But uh, they they tell us it will be cleared up, you know. In, in uh, thanks,
0: Matt. Very
1: soon. So we're, we're working on it, even as we speak. I just wanted you to know.
0: Excellent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're working on it, that's for sure. And we've got uh, Janet Smith, Dr. Janet Smith coming, Mother Miriam. I'll be there at the event. So please consider coming September 1st and 2nd. Uh, Bishop Strickland is very generous with his time. I know he'll give you a blessings after the Masses that he's going to be celebrating for us. So it would be a great event for us. So, Matt, people say um, about forgiveness It's a commitment to change. Yeah, that's true. It's a decision. You talked about free will. Mm -hmm. Um, Recognize the value of forgiveness and how it can improve your life. It it seems to me that unless you really see the benefit, you're not going to want to do it. I mean, you might say, well, that's what the Bible says. But yeah, what's in it for me? Right. (laughs) What's in it for you is peace and knowing that you're imitating our Lord and that this could be really critical for you, for, you know, I'll just be honest with you, for all eternity, okay? Compared to the 80, 90 years that you have here on this planet. So something that I think is important, if we're listening, a listener says, identify what needs healing and who you want to forgive. So is there somebody in your life that you need forgiveness? Now, I just met a lady who said, yeah, I went to, I went to, uh, lunch with my sister, and we were always at ads. And, uh, you know, I mean, nothing got resolved. They had a horrible lunch. And I was thinking, well, they just, neither one wanted to budge. Mm
1: -hmm. And you see,
0: sometimes you just have to be the one that says, you know, I just want to tell you, I'm so sorry that I offended you in this situation. I, I apologize. That's it. And if the person says, I accept your apology, and... Uh, you know, fine. And even if they don't accept the apology, you went to bat and did what I think is the right thing to do from the biblical viewpoint is to forgive anyone who you've offended because that's part of what we do when we go to confession, when we say the act of contrition. Okay, so it's so important that that's why we're doing a whole show on this, on forgiveness, Matt.
1: Right, you know, um, there's... there's a lot of questions that that arise, you know, uh, especially when you're talking about uh, serious sins uh, that have been committed against you. We're talking about you forgiving other people. Sure. And, you know, and sometimes people might wonder, is, is there is there a sin committed against me that I don't have to forgive? Yeah. And the answer to that question is no. The Lord tells us you have to forgive all sins, no matter how no matter how serious. That's right. Right. And like I said, it's to forgive is not to condone sin and and you understand that and i understand that from our own experience yes of course go to confession i ask god to forgive me i i don't and i and i believe that he does forgive me through the ministry of the priest i i can't exactly. i went to i went to confession last saturday yep and it always feels literally like there's a weight being lifted off my shoulders when i hear those words and i absolve you in the name of the father and the son you know, it's like ah you know that 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 is it, it's such a it's such a wonderful moment, but I know that that God's forgiveness doesn't mean that He condones my sins. It's exactly the opposite. Exactly, right. And and you really need to forgive. But what if the person that I want to forgive isn't sorry? Yeah. Right. And there's lots of situations like these. Two women go to the thing. If that yeah. if that gal had talked to you and sat down with her sister and said, "I just want you to know that I forgive you for all the rotten stuff you've done." <laughs> <laughs> you know, she would have said, "I, oh, you don't, you don't need to forgive me. I need to forgive you. You're the one that needs forgiveness." You know, uh, she's not necessarily going to be open to that, is what right, I'm saying. Right, But, but, but the point is that it's forgiveness—it's right there in the word—to give before. Yes. You're, you're extending pardon, even if the person didn't ask for forgiveness, even if they don't. You know, nobody really probably deserves it. Right. Because, you know, uh, quite the opposite. But you do have to consider—you're not condoning their sin. There's no sin that you don't have to forgive, and you forgive even if the other person isn't sorry. You forgive even if you don't have contact with the person. What, what, if, it, what if it was your your uh, a, a family member or something that, that abused you or did things that, and they're dead now? Right. You have to forgive them? What do you think the answer is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course you do, even though you, you can't speak with them, but you can forgive them.
0: Right. Matt, you mentioned something about confession, and I thought that was so beautiful because Bishop Sheen also talks about when you go to confession, you say, Oh, I felt great. I mean, I can home. Well, when, image this. This is what Fulton Sheen says. I didn't think of it. He said it. That mm-hmm. the blood of Christ is dripping from the hands of that priest when he absolves you because it's from the cross. It's from the cross that we are forgiven. And I want to go back to what Fulton Sheen said about spiritual profit. Is there's a spiritual prophet in forgiveness. That's right. He says this, The great spiritual prophet comes from loving those who hate us. And you're loving a person by asking for forgiveness, okay, in a very powerful way. And from giving gifts and... So so he so says, Bishop Sheen says, The greatest spiritual prophet comes from loving those who hate us and from giving gifts, said, forgiveness, and dinners to those who cannot give anything in return. For then recompense will be made in the kingdom of heaven. So think about this. The benefits that you get when you go to confession, and this is what I'm going to make an action item here, go to Mm. confession, and then go forgive whoever you need to go forgive. Because it's going to make it even more valuable because you're going to just experience forgiveness in the sacrament of penance, confession. Mm. And then you go objectively, in the state of grace because you just went to confession and I believe the graces will be there. So don't just go and ask for forgiveness. I'm going to say, let you you should experience that forgiveness of Christ in the box in the confessional Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then go do the...
1: uh, And that's just it. That's very much what Bishop Sheen was saying. They are talking about giving gifts. Obviously, you can't grant absolution. No! But you may give you are forgiveness. You can give that grace to to the person who has offended you. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that, that can change your life and other people's and, and heal wounds. And you know, it I mean, we can talk maybe later about what you know, what about a person, you know, if you're in a, a situation where the person is continuing.
0: Yeah. Over and over. you
1: are know, or, or or you know, if, if there's any danger involved. So if there's so there's sure. there's mitigating you're not you're not absolved from from forgiveness, but but you know, there are practical um, uh, things that we can discuss but but the question really arises how do you forgive yes, you know, the, you know the old saying to to err is human to forgive is divine, and Terry, last time I looked, you and I were not divine well said, <laughs> whatever else we might be, so we don 't really forgive uh, uh, by our own power, but but our Lord promised his divine power right. to forgive right so forgiveness is is, is our decision. To accept the grace of God to forgive, yes, right, because it really is a grace.
0: Well said, and I might also, you know, we say choose to forgive the person who who offended you, yes, because it's a free will act. But release the control and power that the offending person and situation has led to your life. What I mean by that is you're going to find that when you practice forgiveness. You're going to, well, Matt experienced it. I went to confession Monday and I experienced it. You know, that the release, that my sins are forgiven. And the idea that when you ask for forgiveness, it opens you up to be free from uh, being run by hate, you see? Because when you have this person that offended you, many times you're thinking about that situation over and over again, you're going through, you know, mm-hmm. the videotape, if we remember the old VHS, rewind the show, <laughs> and you're watching it over and over again, and it's really getting you upset. And so by forgiveness, you shut that tape down and say, look, I'm moving on. And this is important, even on the psychological level, to move on.
1: Right. Well, and that's it, that moving on. You know, um, when I was a little kid, my mom would say, you need to forgive and forget.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's an and, old thing.
1: You know jesus forgives and forgets the the you know so many of the priests you talk about that hear confessions they say that it's a grace that i don't carry all that with me you know yep well said but but here's the thing you know that doesn't mean that you have amnesia no you know obviously you you know especially something traumatic happens you're not really going to forget but like you say it's about moving on it's about um coming to the place where there's no special you know if you recall that offense there's no special sting yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't all come rushing back to you. It doesn't bring you back to that place where where you, you know you're in that that unforgiveness. And so, if we, like I said, it's it's a grace from God. If we really want to forgive others, if we really want to be able to to know that 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 we've truly forgiven, we need to pray for that grace of of you know the healing of our own uh, emotions. You know the healing of our own reaction to the offenses that have been perpetrated against us.
0: Well said. And I might add also that when we, when we forgive, even something that happened 10 years ago, if it does come up in your mind about some hurt, it's a really good practice to forgive again and again.
1: That's right. Because I'll tell you what, if that scenario is replaying in your head, that's yeah. not God pushing the rewind button. No. No, that's okay, well That's, 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 that's your, your flesh or it may be you know the devil himself trying to keep you in that place, keep you from that healing. And don't, like I say, when we started this conversation, I mentioned uh, um, the book of Ephesians. Yes. You don't, don't give room to the devil. Right.
0: Well said. I want to just uh, also take a minute here to thank all of our listeners who have been so supportive here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We're at the end of the summer, and we always can use donations. And I want to, I personally call people to say thank you. Why? Because I mean it. And if you want to go online to vmpr.org, I would appreciate being a monthly donor or one-time gift. It really is appreciated at this time. When we come back, let's continue to talk. And I think I have another good story to share about the healing power of forgiveness. And a matter of fact, I'm going to tease you. I'm the founder of Lighthouse Catholic Media. I'm going to tell you about a lady that came to the back of the church and asked me, How can I forgive my sister? I'll wait till you hear what I told her. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back indeed. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jesse Romero. I just want to remind everybody today we have Bishop F- uh, Joseph Strickland's show uh, right following the Terry and Jesse Show, and you won't want to miss it. Uh, it's going to be a good one with the good bishop. So that follows our show. If you can't get it on your network, just download our free app. Go to vmpr.org, and you can get that app and listen to Bishop Strickland and all of the shows that we have. Matt, the story I wanted to share, as I was saying, I, I had started, I think it was 2005, Lighthouse Catholic Media, or four, and it, it grew into you know, 8,000, 9,000 le- uh, parishes, and we had stands in the back of churches, and you could pick up CDs. Well, I was at, in Tucson, Arizona, At St. Elizabeth's, I'll never forget it. And a lady came up to me on a Saturday night. And you could see her looking through the, I think there's 12 little cavities of CDs and pamphlets in the stand. And uh, she said to me, I'm looking, Uh, can you help me? I said, yeah, what are you looking for? What's on your mind? She said, well, I have a sister that we've been at odds and I'm going to be seeing her this weekend. And I, I, I know I need to forgive her, but I just don't know how to do it. And I said, well, I have this just a CD for you. It's called The Hidden Power of Forgiveness by Deacon Bob McDonald. My golly. Sure,
1: Deacon Bob.
0: Hundreds of thousands of those were distributed through Lighthouse, and they're still being distributed. If someone really wants it, we can send them a download of it uh, by calling 877-526-2151. Because this particular hour presentation, Deacon Bob not only was a deacon, but he was a medical doctor and a psychiatrist. So, I mean, he had a good combination. Mm -hmm. And the lady took the CD Saturday evening. I come back to the church Sunday morning. And at noon, she's back for the noon mass. And uh, she comes up to me holding the CD in her hand and says, Thank you so much, Uh, I listened to the CD and I talked to my sister, and we we're best of friends again. We we've been reconciled, and it, the CD is what did it. And I said, Why let me get the camera. That's a great endorsement for Deacon Bob's CD." I'm joking, but that that actually happened, Matt, many years ago. And again, I think people just really need uh, a little help sometimes, and I hope that this show helped them make that decision to say, "Look, I'm going to go to confession." and I'm going to go forgive whoever that person is and I need to forgive in my life. Now Matt, I'm going to throw it back to you. I just want to ask in your own life um time, you know, being an evangelist for many years and an, an apologist, a convert to the Catholic faith, I have to ask you this from the convert perspective. How was it I mean to come to being your first confession? In other words, Knowing huh. that your sins were forgiven, because there's no one else could do that. It was, it was the Catholic Church's, you know, John 20, the forgiveness of, of, you know, the power to forgive sin. How did that affect you as a convert? Because I, I, I can't really appreciate that.
1: Well, you know, of course, I had never been baptized. No. So when I came into the church in uh, the Easter vigil of 1996, I had got the sacramental grand slam. Exactly. So baptism, uh confirmation, first holy communion all in the same mass. Wow. And yeah, it was it was I mean, it was very powerful as you might imagine. Yeah. And uh mm. and I was very happy to be Catholic and as you know this about this is my Absolutely. personality. Yep. But, you know, I jumped in with both feet. Yep. You know, it it wasn't two years later that I was, you know, creative director at Saint Joseph Communications. Right. You know, the oil was barely dry on my forehead as yep. they say. Mm-hmm. But it was not. I mean, in fact, I would be embarrassed to tell you how soon it was after my baptism yes. that I felt need to make my first confession. Of course. And it was at the old St. Calista's church. It's gone now. Uh, but we had the old style of confessional. So there's, you know, it's three doors, right? The priest is in the middle. That's right. And then there's a, a, a booth on either side. And right. you go in the door and you kneel down and there's the little grill. Sure. You know, and so you wait while he's hearing the other person's confession. You wait for the little grill to open. Sure. And And I remember... Kneeling in there, you know, and it's dark, and and you're preparing. And I was nervous, as you might imagine. Of course. And the thing is, what what struck me as I knelt there is that God, from I mean, from all eternity, I said, <laughs> had loved me so much that He offered me this this you know invaluable gift of of salvation to be to be. You know, incorporated into the body of Christ through yes. baptism, knowing from all eternity that I would almost immediately betray that gift. <laughs> what that it and so and so he instituted the sacrament of reconciliation so that I could go to confession yeah. and have those sins committed after baptism forgiven. Wow. And and the enormity of it, I mean the truth of it really yes. struck me. And I burst into tears. I'm I'm not ashamed to say I was Good I was uh, not quite sobbing, but I was, you know, and, and of course, right then is when the little door opens <laughs> yep. and I said, well, you know, well, it was my first confession uh, and I'm telling good. my little, you know, really meager list of sins. Yeah. And, and then I said, you know, as my wife had said, you know, say, when you're done with your confession, say for these sins and all the sins of my past life, Gave I'm truly good like. advice. And I did. Yep. And the priest, he's was a, a wonderful priest from uh, Vietnam yep. and he took a beat and he says, Okay, first of all, uh, what you do is not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I like that because you know, but, and of course, I, you know, God help me, they weren't tears of contrition; they yes. it was it was tears of gratitude. Sure, and and I still feel that way. I mean, I know that it's emotional, but but I still get that re- emotional response to the idea that my sins are being forgiven, and because it's God's love, yes, that that allows that to happen. Powerful un- unforgiveness is so. You, you remember the Father Al Lauer? I do. Yeah. The, God rest his soul. Again. You know, he was I'm a I'm a traditional Catholic and, sure. and Father Lau is very much a charismatic Catholic, of course. although I think we have, you know, the charismatics and the traditionalists have a lot in common. Yes. Particularly uh, when it regards a uh, a lively appreciation of the supernatural for the one thing and the need that for prayer to be a first response, not a last resort. <laughs> uh, but for what Father, yeah, he literally wrote the book on forgiveness. Uh, called the book on forgiveness. I mean, it's literally literally wrote the book, Um, but it it begins. He said, when I was first ordained a priest, I believed that over 50% of all problems were due to unforgiveness. Wow. Incredible. After after 10 years in ministry, I revised my estimate and maintained 75 to 80% of all health, marital, family, and financial problems come from unforgiveness. And he says now, after more than 20 years in ministry, I've concluded it's over 90% of all problems Incredible. rooted in forgiveness. And and he made it a big part of his ministry sure. to, to promote uh to f- forgiveness because, because it is so beneficial. And uh, you know, and it it, it that, that it's a decision to accept God's grace to let go of the hurt wow. uh mm-hmm. due to the sins that committed against us. And to express that by an act of mercy and love towards the offender. That's you know you want to talk about the imitation of Christ. Yes, you mentioned before when Christ hung on the cross and yes. said, "Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do." Right. And you know, I mean, it's <laughs> you know, you speak to people. I'm I, I instruct uh, RCIA. I've been doing it for will be 14 years now. Mm-hmm. I've been helping people come into the church as a catechist. Yep. And and this is okay. and you know you see you see the truth of what Father said there's so many people that are holding on yes to these hurts and they can't let it go right and and um you know it, and, and they would say you know it's like forgive them for they know perfectly well what they were doing <laughs> <You know? laughs> and of course that 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 fails to take into account the the immense uh, power that we have to justify our actions. That's right. Most people don't think of themselves as, you know, getting up, oh, I'm going to do something evil today. You know, they, they, we have a tendency to look upon the things that we do as good or at least justified. Yes. Oh, they know what they're doing. But, you know, at the end of the day, no, um, you know, that, that forgiveness, we, we live in a fallen world. We have a fallen nature. Amen. And, and and like I say, that making this decision to love and remembering that love itself you know, there's, we call, we th- often think of the emotion of affection when we say love. Yep. You know, like I pick up my dog, oh, I love you know, that's not, that's not love that, that the scripture is talking about. That love is a theological virtue. It's an act of the will. You decide to do what's right for the love of God. You decide to will the good for the other. And, and that's love. Yeah, that's love. And, and, and the first manifestation of that is forgiving them their offenses.
0: Well said. That's St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, the will, the good of the other for love. You know, Bishop Sheen said, the only value in saying yes to God is you have the freedom to say no. (laughs) Folks, you have freedom to say, no, I'm not going to forgive. But the consequences of that decision are not good. That's right. And so that's why we encourage you to do that. Matt, I wanted to mention Bishop Strickland's up next. We are going to have a conference in Tyler, Texas, September 1 and 2. Uh, You can register for that. I think if you listen to Bishop Strickland for the first time, you'll see where he is such a, a very straight-shooting bishop of the Catholic Church. He's going to be proclaiming the apostolic faith with clarity and boldness at the conference. And today's show I recorded just a couple days ago, so I know what it's going to say. And I think it's going to be instrumental for you to listen to this show. So I would encourage you to either stay tuned to the network that you're on. If they don't have it on right now, ask him to put it on. There you go. If they don't, go to our website it's virginmostpowerfulradio.org and download the free app and you can go on your phone with the Apple Store or whatever phone you have go to the, the store and just say I want VMPR, or virginmostpowerfulradio.org org. takes a minute and then you have all these shows and we have all kinds of resources on our free app that uh, from prayers to, uh, to just beautiful teachings on the faith so I would encourage you to do that but before we have Bishop Strickland Matthew I want to give you the final words about any action items or what people should be doing to uh to release the graces and the forgiveness of Christ in their own life.
1: There's uh, you know the one Bible verse that we have neglected so far mm-hmm. uh that is super pertinent is Matthew 18:22. That's go. Where our Lord says, you know, or St. Peter says, how often must we forgive? As many as seven times? I think Peter was thinking he's pretty smart, you know, because seven, that's the the number of completion. That's the days of creation, you know, and and the church, everything is seven, seven sacraments and seven gifts and so on. Um, And our Lord said not seven times, but 70 times, seven times. Wow. He did a lot more than double down. He, you know, he subtopped down. Yes. (laughs) You know, and 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 the other one is from Colossians, Colossians three thirteen, where Saint Paul, and this is you with the action item. I'll give the action item directly from Saint Paul. Good. Forgive, as the Lord has forgiven you.
0: Amen. That's the bottom
1: line. That you said it all to sum it all up.
0: All right, Terry and Jesse, uh, Matt's Arnold sitting in. Matt also has a show. On Wednesdays after the Terry and Jesse show, No Nonsense Catholicism, I would encourage you to listen to this man. I've met, I've known him for 20-some years, and you can tell by just taking in Jesse's place, the man has some wisdom. So I want to encourage you to download that. When you download the app, listen to a couple of his shows, and you'll be hooked. Matt Arnold, I'd ask Jesse this question. What state should we be living in, brother?
1: Uh, especially on this piece of this yeah. state of great, Terry. Amen.
0: And I want to encourage you to implement the Fatima plan, the peace plan from heaven. It said that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Can we pray and make sacrifice? Of course we can. And do it simply. Whether you're four years old or 104, we can all participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ because we unite our sufferings with Him to help redeem the world. Up next. This is the Dose Stay with us.